0: Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet, pet Sitter, sitter Confessional. Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Well, hello everybody, and welcome back to another one of our Friday episodes. Today, we're so thankful to have Eric Curry, owner of Eric Curry's Pets, based out in San Francisco, on to talk a little bit about his background and what it's been like managing his business and what he sees for the future moving forward. So. Eric, thank you so much for coming on today. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself?
1: Hey, yeah. Um, Thank you so much for having me on. Like Colin said, uh, my name is Eric Curry, and I started Eric Curry's Pets seven years ago this month in May of 2013, um, while I was a sophomore in college. I was born and raised in San Francisco, and then I moved to Los Angeles To go to college. And my first year, I did almost exclusively dog boarding um, out of my two bedroom apartment. Years two, three, four, and five were a mix of overnights, um, individual walks, I did group hikes, and then I did what I call appointment-based care. So things like light grooming, like nail trims, uh, anal gland expression, um, and, and like a few babs here and there. My clientele, I had a large um, senior clientele in Santa Barbara who preferred if, they, if I could come to them. And then this last year, year six, was a little different. I have a pretty good system together for moving my business. I have a decent social media following and I, I learned a few things from moving my business the first time. I wanted to do something a little different and make it kind of a learning year. I thought to myself, um, when else am I going to have the opportunity to not have to pay rent because I'm living with a family member? I can really learn other aspects of pet care that I've always been wanting to learn. That's why I started connecting with other pet care providers in the Bay Area, mostly in San Francisco dog trainers, groomers, uh, pet daycares. I personally visited almost every pet shop in San Francisco proper. I trained, I also uh, trained as a groomer. My friend owns a grooming business and it wasn't really my cup of tea, but I'm really grateful for the experience because I learned a lot just from watching her run her business and having um, the employee experience. And right before COVID happened, I started working at a pet store in San Francisco that specializes in exotic birds. And right when the holidays were starting, I've been keeping track since, since I started my business of how many clients I've served. And I noticed that I was getting, I was like, I think in October, I was maybe like three, 300 pets away from a thousand. So I was like at 750 around there. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, I can totally knock this out before the year's over. Like I can totally do this. So then, and then, and it was a perfect time because it was the holidays. I literally just dove into my business full time, dove into just, just pet care. And I think like two days after Christmas, I served my thousandth pet. (laughs) I didn't think that it would happen that quick. It wasn't even necessarily a goal that I was working towards. I think that that was kind of when the shift for me kind of happened from, okay, I've served a thousand pets. I think I'm, all, I'm, I'm always going to be in some kind of pet care. But what I really like to do, especially since I started teaching uh, pet care pet CPR and first aid, is that I want to help other pet care providers, especially people who are just getting started because there was a whole bunch of stuff that I wish I had known when I first got started. And I obviously, I think that this profession is one of the best ones out there, if not the best one out there. And pet care uh, owners are just as diverse as pet species. So I think that pet care providers should also be. So that's another thing I'd really like to see going forward. And my vision for the pet care industry is I'd really like it to be um, more diverse I'd like us to get paid more, etc. So I guess in a nutshell, that's how the past seven years have gone.
0: Wow. Obviously, you are extremely uh, passionate about this. And, and it's really just been, it sounds like some of the best, the best seven years of your life. Why did you get started in pet care? Where does that passion come from?
1: It all started when I was, I think I was seven, when I found my first cat. Um, my parents didn't, I've I've been surrounded by pets for as long as I can remember, but it wasn't until I was seven that I got my first quote unquote, big pet, uh, having tiny that cat, like really changed my life. That was when I went. So a couple years later, when I was nine, I stopped eating meat. So I became a vegetarian. That was when I decided I wanted to go to vet school one day. So I'm the first person in my family to graduate from college. And in many ways, it was my passion for pets, that really propelled me forward because Mm -hmm. I knew that I had to get good grades to to go to a good college, to go to vet school. And even though my plans have changed, I ended up starting my business instead. In many ways, I feel like I do owe um, the fact that I have a college degree to my passion and that I found in pet care. I can just go on and on in different aspects of my life. The animals have led me to people and circumstances and situations that you just would not even believe or maybe you would because we're all pet care providers and we know the magic that animals have that pets have that's something else that my business has taught me in the past few years more recently is that you know my business is pets but the pets lead me to the people Mm. is what i is that's how i like to think about it there's nothing more satisfying than You know, having your clients express their gratitude to you, having a client tell you that, oh, I'm going to put off going on vacation until you're available because you're the only one I trust. Or having a client tell you, hey, I can stay at work a couple more hours because... I don't have to rush back home and change the litter box or walk the dog mm-hmm. to answer your question specifically about how I, how I actually started my business. I wish I could say, Oh, I love pets. And I started, you know, I started a business." but no, actually what happened is is I ended up dropping out of college oh. after two years. I went back, I, I finished up like, it's fine. I have my degree, yeah. but when I dropped out in retrospect, I probably wouldn't have been so abrupt about doing it. All of a sudden I didn't have student loans. I didn't have my on-campus job anymore. And I realized, like, I have to find a way to make money quick and fast. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I'm not going to be able to pay my rent. Um, and I had my two cats. You don't know, have to think about my cats. <laughs> we need a roof over, roof over our heads. So I started interviewing at different, like, I interviewed a couple vet, uh, vet hospitals, of course, because I had a fair amount of vet experience. I interviewed at a couple doggy daycares. And I interviewed at a private pet sitting company. And I just had this epiphany in the middle of the interview when she was telling me about her business and about starting it or whatever. And I was like, I can totally do this myself. <laughs> I was like, you I'm you're not gonna hire me. Yeah. Like I and I I remember sitting there waiting for the interview to be over because it was hot in Los Angeles and I had a business to start. So I just wanted her to finish, you know, her spiel <laughs> so that I could run home and start my business because. I made up my mind right there. I was like, no. And the way I the way I saw it, I had to make this work. Mm. There was no plan B. There was no exit. This was it. I had to make it work. Mm. And well, I did. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you had that passion and, and that's so cool how you're sitting there and all of a sudden that click happens and it's like, no, like I I can do this. Like this is I can make this and I'm you know, you could, you were able to make it work. For you on your terms to make it what you wanted it to be and serve and care for pets how you would want that service to be rendered. And that's just really cool to hear. And if people are listening to this wondering if they should make that switch over onto maybe go independent like it's totally doable and you've got the passion and so there are tools and resources out there to start you know putting structure and helping you move forward
1: absolutely and you know like when you're getting started there's nothing wrong with being on all the apps on craigslist like but i always tell people use those use all the apps on the websites to supplement your efforts don't that shouldn't be all that you're doing. You should be finding ways to get in front of people, mm-hmm. in front of real people, scheduling meet and greets, talking to people about their pets. But definitely get on all the apps, get on Craigslist. Um, use all, we live in a day and age where you can flip open your phone and literally be connected with like, huge groups of people with the click of a button. I found clients as an Uber passenger i found clients on actually dating websites you'd be surprised you know how many people like to see a picture of you with a dog and then boom right there well oh what do you do
0: <laughs> i'm not i'm serious <laughs> <laughs> opportunities around every corner sure
1: <laughs> absolutely yeah. yes
0: so being in San Francisco what has your covid-19 experience been like you know you talked a little bit you talked about what the past 7 years have been like what has 2020 been like for you
1: ah uh, 2020 has been interesting to say the very least. Everything that was set was set in motion going into 2020. I was on track to have my biggest year yet. Mm. I was booking pet sitter and first aid classes. I had just started working at that pet store, so I was super excited to get back into birds again. Something that I haven't. Most of my uh, business has been dogs and cats. So super excited to be start working with exotic birds again. And then I was also working with a dog trainer a few days a week and learning a lot from him. So I was also an apprentice dog trainer after I left the grooming shop. Mm. And then on top of that, I was getting, um, that's when I was getting my online course together too. Mm. So I, I had hired a marketing team. Like I had, ha- I had somebody redo my entire website. Like I, had, I did everything up until the point to where we launched and covid-19 happened. And it was it was devastating, but at the same time I didn't sign that huge marketing deal that which would have been like a huge ad spend because and the whole idea of that was that we were going into summer, which is you know, as we all know one of our biggest times, so that would have been the perfect time to launch to formally launch my coaching program. Mm-hmm. So that just really threw a curveball in everything. I was also extremely fortunate because I had this job at the pet store and half of our staff was no longer able to work. They either were at a large risk group. We had somebody who had to self-quarantine. So we lost half of our staff when COVID-19 happened. And I basically be, I started working full-time. I went from two days a week to now full-time. I have nothing but gratitude. I mean, I've, I just, I couldn't imagine being stuck at home all day like some of my friends have. I've been fortunate to continue to get a paycheck. When this first started, I felt like there was a very general sense of, we're in this together, we're doing this, because it's right, and it's the right thing to do, and yes, we're going to get through this, we're all going to get through it together. You know, in true San Francisco fashion, we were the, the first ones to do the shelter in place, the first city, and then the first state to shut down. And I'll have to be honest, it was a little gratifying seeing that, seeing the rest of the country follow our lead. Mm. And then you start hearing about restaurants that have been in the city for like 40, 50 years that'll never open their doors ever again. Many of the pet stores' neighbors won't be coming back after that. At first, it was nice having the streets empty and people staying at home and, you know, etc. But San Francisco is such a, it's such a, it's a touristy city. And it has a huge nightlife and the essential workers that come with those, like it's it's really hit people really hard. And I think that now with the weather getting nicer, mm-hmm. people are starting to get restless and they're starting to come out more than they have been. We ha- We were really good for, I want to say, a month and a half. And I think that people are kind of at their... Uh, boiling points.
0: As of this recording, it's May 25th and, and you all have been on lockdown for going on two months now almost or, or lo- longer than that. It really sounds like that 2020 hit, hit the pause button on a lot of stuff that you had moving
1: forward. It did, but it's I don't like to think of it as a pause button. I almost like to think of it as like a shift. -hmm. Because what I did was rather than focus on, I I was determined when this went in to not become super depressed during the experience and to make the most of it and to keep, despite everything on the news, despite everything, you know, the way people are constantly worried and you can just feel the anxiety in the air. I was determined to see the positive in everything. Mm -hmm. The first thing that I thought was like, okay, what can I offer? my clients and what can i offer my following so i started i asked them i started asking on my instagram stories and at first i was doing a lot of facebook lives a lot of instagram lives about different pet care topics i found that people wanted to know just as much about different facts as they did wanted to be distracted by my own childhood stories of my pet and then i found out that people actually preferred if I could do it in a format other than live because I have followers on complete opposite sides of the world and some of them couldn't get on for the lives and they weren't going to go back to watch it. So that's kind of how I got my YouTube channel restarted was I started moving the videos onto my YouTube channel so that people can share them and watch them at their own discretion. I'm also a certified life coach, which was a certification that I got to implement in my coaching program. Hmm. And so I started offering free sessions. And it's just, it doesn't even have to do with pet care. Like I've helped people plan out the next couple years of college. I've helped people plan out applying to grad school. I've helped people plan out what they can do now so that they can get a raise when they're finished. So I've, I've been really busy focusing on giving back. And it's been distracting from what's been going on in a good way.
0: Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you were able to look around and go, okay, what are the tools that, at my discretion right now? What do I have control over? And how can I help out those around me? And uh, that's, that's something that you, know, you said it was a shift that you made. It's, it's stuff that you were already doing or maybe were interested in initially, but now you were able to invest more time in it.
1: Exactly. That's exactly how I see it.
0: So how has the, the, the broader pet care community been impacted around you? I know you mentioned that some of the shops have closed down, but what have the other dog walkers and, and, and daycare facilities and, and things like that? How have, how have they been impacted?
1: So oh, my groomer friends and my daycare facility friends, they've been hit the hardest because they grooming and daycare pet daycare those are not seen as essential services Mm -hmm. and usually they have the overhead of a facility to maintain like groomers have their grooming shops and then obviously if you have a doggy daycare so not only do they have to worry about their staff's payroll they have to worry about covering the rent of their building and then on top they're not you know of course not getting any business because they were forced to close down my friends who are dog trainers have done a little better they've they've moved a lot of their stuff online are like virtual sessions but everyone everyone took a huge hit
0: you mentioned earlier how california and and san francisco were some of the really early movers so what are the current restrictions that you guys are under and and what does that uh landscape look like
1: yeah so the streets are still fairly empty and it's it's crazy because i've never seen anything like this before it's San Francisco's just always such a busy city, mm-hmm. especially during like commute hour. The freeways are completely empty. A lot of like small shops have moved to curbside pickup. Like the city finally let them start doing that. A lot of the, the rest most restaurants weren't weren't closed for the entire time. They were allowed to reopen just of course, just for delivery and takeout. So no dine-in service. Mm-hmm. Um the parks. Are getting extremely crowded. Wow. <laughs> Parks are getting extremely crowded. Um, M- Muni, I think they slashed 70% of the lines Whoa. when, yeah, when COVID started. And like a lot of people, regardless of your income, d- depend on public transportation. Right. But yeah, so they've slowly started to um, increase service on the public transportation. I know you know you you really take for granted being able to like go in and buy a shirt or a pair of socks. You know you take that for granted, and and I remember thinking the other day I was like, oh, um, oh, I'm going to need a shirt for the next day for this and that, and oh, actually no, I can't just go in and buy one.
0: It really does hit home a lot of those things you mentioned. You You take for granted as far as seeing people in the streets having access to things, where that's how we all just ran our lives before, and a lot of us ran our businesses like that too, and now having yeah. to look around and go ooh operating very differently these days.
1: Yeah, and who knows, I I think a lot of the things that we're doing now um I don't know if they're going to be permanent but they're they're going to be there for a while.
0: What will be very interesting to see the next couple months what kind of guidelines and regulations get put in place for the foreseeable future. And and part of that, you know, is I'm, I'm interested in and how you have navigated Personally and as a business, a lot of the current guidelines and new rules and, and how have that how has that been like communicating to your clients and just uh moving through that quagmire of, of information, it seems like.
1: I just this weekend, just Memorial Day weekend, have started to see clients again. So it's I had my last client at the end of February. So it was a good like solid two month out. Mm. Um, and then now, like I said, I've just started seeing new clients. And a lot of our clients, a lot of my clients have been super awesome about doing um, virtual meet and greet. Okay. And then I remember when, like when it was first shutting down, a lot of my clients were very, very generous tippers. They were also really awesome about recommending me to other people, hmm. to their to their friends, and then get like letting me know that they were still gonna use me if they if they needed to and to still keep that communication open. But I learned from my from the first time that this happened in my business that this is a time when you can really get close to your clients and you can really find out what they need.
0: Yeah. So talk about that a little bit as kind of the, some of the big takeaways that you're taking that from this episode. And it sounds like as you've mentioned a few times that this isn't the first time that you've had to undergo this. So what what are some Similarities and differences you've been seeing:
1: Yeah, so in year four of my business, that was the first time that my business completely tanked. Um, I was living in Santa Barbara at the time, and I don't know if you guys remember. Um, there were some pretty bad wildfires. Mm, yeah and then right right after the wildfires, you remember what happened. That I don't I, my brain doesn't recall right now. There were mudslides oh huge right yeah yeah literally literally in oprah's neighborhood Uh, where mm -hmm. i have a significant amount of clients 22 people died and the freeway was closed for three weeks oh my gosh wow yeah so uh, and so the air was super toxic for like about a month a lot of people either evacuated or they decided to stay in santa barbara So my entire holiday schedule, my entire holiday repertoire, like evaporated like that. It was absolutely horrible. Like, uh, yeah. And then on top of that, I was like, okay, well, at least I have my car. At least I can drive Uber, right? It's New Year's (laughs) Eve, the last day of the year. Maybe I can make some money because a lot of people take Uber. And then somebody rear-ended me. And oh. I was like, okay, 20, I think that was 2017. Yeah. i was like, I'm going to go to sleep. Right. <laughs> and then when I wake up, it'll be a new year. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But I have to say that that January, I did almost as much business as I had done in the entire previous year. Oh, my gosh. In just that first month. Wow. Yeah. What was that rebound like? It was a combination of a couple of things. My, my, I got really close to my clients. On a, I got to know my clients on a deeper level because we were all experiencing this together. And I found out that, and like I mentioned earlier, a lot of my clients were, were senior citizens. And they would love to have had somebody come to their house and perform things like nail trims, um, anal gland expression, or even give their dog a bath. Mm-hmm. So as I started to talk to people and find out, I was like, well, I can totally do that. And by while you're at it, could you please recommend me to some of your friends? Hmm. And I found when I actually took the time to have a genuine conversation with each of my clients, like the little ripple effect was actually pretty substantial, especially when I was going out there with a purpose, and it was it was one of the most beautiful things that happened, yeah in that first month of the next year,
0: yeah getting back to what we had talked about earlier of that this is such a people business, and that when you're able to connect with people you're able your your business thrives right like you as you mentioned like you, mm-hmm. you, you you took the time to have some genuine conversations with people of nothing business related or anything just getting to know them drawing close to your clients allows them to that builds that relationship right that builds that community and they like that and you you know we as caregivers like to have that too
1: absolutely i mentioned earlier that earlier this year I had visited almost every pet store in San Francisco and I was doing it to try to book pet CPR classes, but I was also, you know, doing it to introduce myself and to network with, um, you know, different pet stores in San Francisco. Mm. It was actually one of the pet stores that I visited right before I walked out the door. The owner of the store said, by the way, do you have any bird experience? And boom, that's how I got the job that I'm at now, right before I walked out the door. Wow.
0: Well, wow. yeah, just that how powerful those those individual moments are that you don't even give really a second thought to of just going to come in here and yeah. ask about stuff and wow oop oh, oh, a new opportunity. So what has that been like this time around getting close to clients and you know you've mentioned a little bit about pivoting services already, but how has the
1: connecting with clients been uh, through COVID? I've been trying to keep in touch with my clients through my social media. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to keep up to date with what they want. And like I said, I found that it's an even mixture of they want facts. And then sometimes they want to be distracted. Mm. They just want like a funny story or something. And in the process of me doing that, I'm I'm putting content out there on onto my YouTube channel, onto my Facebook page, onto my Instagram page. I think that people also get the get the sense that it's not all about the dollars. You know, it's not all about the dollars for me, that I actually, I care about the pets that I work with. That's why I call my business Eric Curry's Pets because they're all my pets. (laughs) Once a part of my pack, always part of my pack. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Doing, you know, doing little things that don't have anything to do with getting more business, but just have to do with meeting people where they are and building some sense of community because we all have, been lacking that human touch
2: mm-hmm.
1: these past couple months, and I, I, I for one have absolutely taken it for granted um how much how much I miss that.
0: Yeah, it really has been eye opening to realize of wow, like yeah, handshakes were just something we all did, and sometimes it was annoying how people shook your hand, and now it's like, please, somebody shake my hand. Like I just want to, <laughs> like have, have can I just get a hug? Right, you're right. I just want a hug right now. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. No, totally, and and the thing is, but on the flip side of that, think about that: you could be that you could be that person for your client, right. and why shouldn't you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because if it's going to be somebody, why not you? Why not you? It, you know, exactly. May, maybe not a hug, but still reaching out to them and see <laughs> and and checking in and seeing how things are going and letting them know of other things that you've got going on, or or just how else you can help and serve them in in any capacity. So thinking ahead to the rest of 2020 i'm also curious kind of what you see like the rest of the year holds for you and your business
1: (laughs) oh another loaded question break out the crystal ball (laughs) (laughs) you know the thing is is that like i i need a crystal ball because i honestly i have no no idea idea. Mm. i have no idea and that's (sighs) i'm somebody who has to plan things two or three months in advance I mean, not not knowing what the rest of 2020 looks like. Like I I love going out dancing once or twice a week. I play on an ultimate frisbee team. Mm-hmm. I don't know when I'm ever gonna get to do either one of those ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do know is that I can sit here and worry about it, and then my time is going to be stressful and it's not gonna fix the situation, or I can take it one day at a time and try to make the most of it. This entire time has been such a huge learning experience for all of us. And I think if there's one thing that I've learned is that try not to let your lows get too low and your highs get too high. Because otherwise, you're just going to be riding a roller coaster the entire time. Try not
0: to ride a roller coaster. Yeah, it, because there's, there is so much outside of our control and yet, there is so much within our own control, and this
1: exactly, and this it,
0: we never realized how much we really had control over until everything also stripped away, and we were left with most time nothing but ourselves and the four walls around us, and
1: absolutely, and
0: these these skills and tools that we're all fumbling our way through to try and figure out how to use as far as coping and you know building up resiliency, like. Those are, are lessons that I, I hope we, we all take forward with us day after day, year after year in the future, and we don't forget these, these hard moments.
1: I couldn't agree with you more.
0: Thinking about advice. For, for pet sitters out there, they're listening. You know, they're in various situations and in various levels of, of concern, and, and you know where their businesses are going. Would like to know some advice that you'd have as they're trying to figure out a path forward and a way forward through all of this.
1: Yes, awesome. Um, so I actually put together five tips that anybody can do today. To kickstart your business, and this is based on the first time my business tanked and different part times of my business. Um, but these are things that I actually did that helped me out because not only did my business tank in year four, but I moved my business twice. So I'd like to think that I've developed some pretty good systems for getting things back up and running. Um, so if you guys have a pen and paper, um, so like like I said earlier, number one, you know, genuinely, if you haven't already. Genuinely reach out to your clients and ask them how they've been coping, you know, ask how, ask how their family's doing, ask how their pet's doing, find out what their needs are. Don't even say anything about your business. Don't even say anything unless they ask, you know, to make conversation. But like I talked earlier, when the mudslides happened, that's when I became very close to my clients. And that's the only reason that I even had those conversations that pretty much became my business for the next year. You know, because not only was I finding what my clients needed, but I asked them if they could, if they would please recommend me to their friends. So just one of those conversations, for example, I remember one lady had a friend who lived at a nursing, at a a nursing home in Santa Barbara who had two cats. And then just based off of that one conversation, I, every Saturday morning, I was doing nail trims at the nursing home. Mm -hmm. You know, nail trims don't take more than five or 10 minutes, you know. Boom. Like I I had that recurring business every Saturday, just based off of one conversation that I had. So not only were, not only was I able to, you know, find out what my uh, clients actually needed so I could move my business going forward, but they were more than happy to recommend me to their friend. So it's like two in one. Okay. So then number two is put together some, an unbeatable offer, an offer that they can't resist. Um, in the past, I've done discounted nail trims, uh, package walks. I've done discounted group hikes, although you probably don't want to do any group stuff during COVID. But definitely send out some kind of offer because I think that people are a lot better at responding to something rather than coming up with it themselves, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, they might not even, many of my clients might not even know that they need my services or they need a service that I have until I offer it. That's what I found during this process, too. Right. So, yeah, put together some kind of offer and throw it out there. Throw it out there to your email list, your text list, on your social media, and see what you can get with the offer. And then, number three, if they don't need any care during this time, ask if they would consider purchasing a gift certificate. And while Maybe in that same conversation, you can slip in that it would be really great if they could leave you a review and give you rec- and recommend you to someone else as well. I always, always, always tell people when they're starting their pet care businesses to not only ask for a review, a Yelp review, a Facebook review, et cetera, or what have you, but also ask for a recommendation because it takes two seconds more to ask. Mm. But a recommendation is literally marketing dollars that you don't have to spend.
0: Right, it's it's someone else out there marketing for you, which is wonderful,
1: and uh, and word of mouth is the best form of advertising. It is, yeah, the most trustworthy. So, number four, what support and community can you offer your clients right now? Well, I found, like I told you guys earlier, that people wanted to be distracted, and people also wanted to learn pet facts. How did I find that out? I asked people on my Instagram story, mm. and. Because I stayed engaged with my audience, I found out that, oh, my engagement on my Instagram's lives wasn't going up because my my people on the other side of the world had a hard time getting on the lives. And then if if they weren't going to go back and watch the recording, which is only up for 24 hours anyway, and if I'm going to put the work into making a video, why not make it permanent? And also because it's not alive, I can prepare a little more. So that's that's just an example of what I did. but. This is a time to start your blog. This is a time to start that YouTube channel. Start engaging on social media, right? What else, what else do we have time to do if you're sitting at home? <laughs> right. You know, like, yep. do, do, do all those things like the hashtag research, etc. Because I mean, we all know by this point, you're not, if you're not on social media, you're not in business nowadays. You have to have a social media presence. So tweak out all the things. You know, come up with a social media calendar. Do all those things. But um, definitely, this is a. I think this is a really great time to build your following by offering your people what they want. And you're only going to know what they want by asking.
0: Yeah. What What's it going to? The The worst thing that can happen is is they're just not going to respond. Right. It's It's right. Yeah, right. That's. You won't know, as you said, you won't know until you ask. and it, it takes it doesn't take a lot and it can be so powerful of just that one simple ask.
1: Totally. And I think that a lot of times we talk ourselves out of it in our own mind before we even open our mouths. So a quick little thing that I like to do is I don't know if you've heard of the book "The Five Second Rule" by Mel Robbins. I have not. Okay, well, it, the gist of it is that when you're getting ready to do something that you know you're supposed to do, but you're looking for any little distraction to get out of it, the immediately start counting backwards, five, four, three, two, one, and just do it. And there's a whole psychology behind how you kind of trick your brain and you distract yourself and you end up accomplishing the task. And you it's I can't completely describe it. It's like you the gist of it is that you kind of trick your brain by distracting yourself. Sure. And you just and, and you you don't end up talking yourself out of doing it. Right. And then the last tip, well no, well no, five, and I have a little bonus tip, but if you haven't already, start getting a wait list together. Mm-hmm. I have a wait list of people who want pet CPR and first aid classes because they would prefer that I teach them in person rather than do the online class. I, like I mentioned earlier, I have people who, when this opens back up, they can't wait to do a meet and greet with me or they can't wait to go on vacation, but they want to know when my availability is. So I've, I've been keeping a list of people's names. And. The minute things start opening back up, I'm going to go down the list and start calling people and start setting up appointments right there on the phone. Mm. Even if, and you can tell people, even if they're not planning a trip anytime soon, go out and get that meet and greet because that's a whole other conversation about the magic of the meet and greet, but getting out there and doing it and then having people see how you interact with their dog. It's just it, it opens up a whole world of possibilities right.
0: well, and because while they might not need you for three months, they may recommend you to somebody who needs you
1: tomorrow by the when you leave so exactly, it, <laughs> yeah, and not only that they might not need you for three months. But if you wait three months to go and talk to them, they might have already found someone.
0: Yes. It does not hurt to get that out of the way because it's so powerful and will be doing work for you in the background in the meantime.
1: And then last but not least, the little bonus tip I have is that if you are a company that has a large staff, if you haven't already, I'd consider doing a GoFundMe for your employees because that also gets the word out about your business and gets people talking about your business. Mm. And the people that I the business owners that I know who have done that have been super, super successful mm. with, their, with GoFundMes. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't already done that, that might be something to consider.
0: Yeah, because your, your clients, it's, it's hard to remember this sometimes, but your clients genuinely like you. And your clients genuinely want to see you do well and succeed and be around to continue providing the excellent care for Fido. And They are looking for ways to contribute and give back and support. And so if you don't offer it, you know, again, if you never ask, you'll, you won't get any, you won't find anything out. So if you never offer, how will you know if what, what kind of support is going to be there?
1: You miss 100% of the shots you don't take.
0: Eric, I am so thankful for you coming on the show today and sharing your experiences and those wonderful tips. And I got to say, I'm so thankful that Tiny was in your life and instilled this passion and drive for you to help continuing help others and provide that excellent care that you do for pets. So if if people have other questions or want to reach out and follow along with those uh, YouTube videos or Instagram uh, posts that you're doing, how can they do that?
1: Yeah. um, Well, once one more time, thank you so much for having me on here. When I started following you guys, I never would have imagined that I'd be one of the interviews you guys would be doing. So I, I love pet care. There's really no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, So this has been this has just been so much fun. But probably the best way that people can reach out to me the quickest way and the easiest is probably through Instagram, Eric Curry's Pets. Don't forget the S in between the curry and the pets. And then you could also send me an email at eric at ericcurryspets.com. If there's like a video about some pet care topic that you'd like a better understanding of or you'd like to clear up or something with your clients, um, shoot me a message. And if you want to know, I'm sure other people would too. So I'd I'd love to make a YouTube video about that. So I always say this at my pet CPR workshop. In pet care, we have the unique distinction and that if money were no object, this is still what most of us would be doing. And, you know, that really can't be said for most other professions. Usually there's some form of trade-off. So I really want to thank you guys, one, for being pet care providers and two, for taking the time to get on here and learn more about our amazing industry and allowing me to share with you guys. So thank you so much for listening, guys. And thank you so much for having this and for having me, Colin.
0: You're very welcome. It's been a very real pleasure. And uh, we hope to have you on again soon, get an update and uh, get some more information about uh, being awesome uh, pet care providers.
1: Thank you. I would love that.
0: I know most of us can sympathize with how Eric is viewing the rest of the year, just trying to ride that roller coaster. And those five great tips that he ended with will really help smooth out all of those ups and downs. Megan and I would love to hear about how you are doing and what your outlook is for the rest of the year. Give us a call at 636-364-8260 or shoot us an email at feedback at petsitterconfessional.com.